Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us today for the program. We have clips from our trip to Greenfield, Indiana in 2012. Great trip, and this time is called Table Talk. Psalm 40. I don't know if you've ever read Psalm 40 through and done a study of it, or, but I, I kind of like to go verse by verse through some verses. And um, it's really amazing um, how God is revealed and how his relationship to us is revealed through the psalm. So it's, it's Psalm 40, starting in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Wow. You know, I, I think we get to know God and we realize that God, um, God straightens the crooked places. He really, he has a way of, um, he has a way of redeeming situations. He's redeemed our lives. And whether we have a short kind of list of those things, whether we, you know, there are many things that we've been through in life, um, we realize when we look back and we honestly look, we see that it was God that snatched us out of circumstances. And um, in the end, even the most arrogant person (laughs) will realize that it wasn't by the power that they had. It wasn't by their um, cunning. It wasn't by their intelligence. It wasn't by their charisma. That out of certain circumstances, it was really the mercy of God. Um, And we, we can look back into that miry pit and the thing about a miry pit is it's deep and you throw things in there and it's miry so you can't get a hold of the sides and you can't get out yourself without assistance without somebody throwing you a rope without someone helping you out you're really not getting out of that pit and he takes us out of that place and he sets us in this amazing place really and when we, the more we get to know God we were talking about this last night, and I think about it often. The more we get to know God, the more we realize that he dignifies us, that he cares for us, that there's great honor, there's great admiration for our will, for our choices, that God is His utmost a gentleman, and he doesn't force things upon people, but instead he gives options, and he, he really cares and, and desires that we would... Um, that. He gives us, in a sense, this Jesus treated the disciples like peers, which is unbelievable when you think about it. When you know the identity of who Christ is, that he's God made in the flesh, and yet he says, you're my friends. (laughs) I'm calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. I'm telling you the things that my father is telling me. And that is an exalted position to be called that by God really amazing so he's established a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord and it's that we have a desire that others would know 
and have a relationship with God on this same basis. On the basis of a new life. Not a second chance, a new life. Because in this new life, it's new every morning. And our God is not the God of a second chance. Our God is a God of an infinite amount of chances. Like, like this is not the issue. There's either connection or disconnection. And once you're connected to God through this relationship, he plucks you out of the kingdom of darkness, puts you into the kingdom of his dear son, and you are connected to him. The question then is whether you're going to experience that connection on a regular basis or in, a, in an intimate way, whether the God is then connected to your circumstances, which he knows all along. And then there's that desire. There's that desire that others would know. You've put a new song in my heart. You've put it on my lips. You've exalted me into this position that others would trust and fear you. And I think that's an interesting thing Like we think about that. How does that happen? How does that happen? And that's a dynamic I think we all want to know, right? Don't we all want to, like... Don't we all when we've tasted this good life, this good life from God, this good relationship with God, we think, Oh, I wish so and so knew this. I wish this person I love knew. I wish how can I how would how can I connect it to this person that I know? Or 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 the person I work with, or all of those things. And people are very disconnected. People are disconnected and from God. God wants them to be drawn in. You know? He wants the estranged, the discouraged, the weak to be the disconnected, to be reconnected with him and plugged into the life that only you can have from God. And that happens in a, in a sense in a lateral way. But then it, we, we find, and the beautiful thing is you have a heart for people. How can, how can I bring them? How, what can I do? What? But, then you, but then when they do get connected to God, and you see someone starting to have a walk with God all on their own. Amen. And they didn't before. Amen. And, you go, and it's the most beautiful thing to see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, and someone comes up to you and you go, you know, I prayed and God answered my prayer. You've prayed for me a dozen times. I've come to you and asked you to pray for me. But this time I prayed and God answered my prayer and this happened. And you go, yes, this is all, yes, this is, this is the light. Now we can talk about this. Now we can have fellowship. Now this is a point and a point of reference, another point of connection, because we walk in this like faith. Verse four: Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. I would declare and speak of them. They are more than can be numbered. Many are the thoughts of God about each one of us. They can't be numbered. You know, in another place, it's like his thoughts are peace. He's thinking peace with a desire to bring us to an expected end. You want to know what the plan of God is? The plan of God is to bring you into safe harbor. You want to know the details of the plan of God? The plan of God is that you would know that you are free. 
That's the plan of God. That you would know that you are loved. That is the plan of God for your life. Yeah, there are other details. There are other things. But there are other, like, that the plan of God is that the disconnected, the unwa- the dirty, the wicked would get to know him and be clean. That's the plan of God. That's the plan of God. And he's done everything already for that to happen. No, no more work needs to be done in that area. The cross took care of the sins of all mankind. Past present and future crucified the ordinance that was the ordinances that were handwritten against each one of us were nailed to the cross and there is now no rule in God's book that says you need to be disconnected from me because of this because they've been blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ and he and God the Father cannot see them anymore now it is only the question of whether you will respond to that love and be and be plucked out that very first time and placed in and then we respond to that love and grow in truth about who God is and how he thinks about us Mm -hmm. and that's what there's a new song on my lips but there's also uh, uh, how he thinks about me and my heart that I meditate on that God says I am I am he'll never leave me or forsake me I am clean I've been made clean by the words that he's spoken unto me. I'm his child, adopted in, legally, and also born of his seed, of the incorruptible word of God. That who we really are now is the Bible that was, that was preached to us, that we mix faith with, and it became, and it conceived us. We are conceived from the scripture. And the moment we mix faith with it, we were born. We were born. We mixed faith with that death, burial, and resurrection, and God said, that's all I needed. I've actually been waiting a long, long time, every day, every night, watching you, hoping you would just love me back. And now we have a point of connection. And now I'll do the work. I'll do the work. And I think about, I've thought about you every day, and I think about you every day. More thoughts than you can number about who you are. Wow. Sacrifice and offering thou dost not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. This is, okay, we've talked about this relationship. A relationship can be subjective. It can, we can, in a relationship that's kind of subjective, we can misread someone's heart. We can, we can look at circumstances on the face value and make certain, connect certain dots that really aren't right. They really aren't right. So God says, in order to prevent that, I've come in the volume of the book. And, and it is spoken of me. And if ever you question how I think about you, it is written how I think about you and you can go and find it and when you do and when you read those scriptures when they're preached to you when they're, when they're spoken to you when your brother and sister looks at you and you and they go I failed and I'm not, I'm not maybe I shouldn't go to church maybe it's not the right place for me to be because I'm unworthy to be there among those people and your friend says no, no you know knock it off hello God has made you clean and what you do is not the issue because your relationship with God was never based on what you did. If it was based on what you did, you wouldn't have one. 
It was based on what he did. Always, it's always ever been based on what he did and what he thinks about you. And he's thinking about you today. And why don't you come and find out what he's thinking? Amen. And be taken out of subjectivity and put back into objectivity. Into the objective truth of the scriptures which says God is for you. He'll always be for you. Until the day that you're taken home, he's working it out to make sure that circumstances work out for you. And when you mix faith with that and you're walking in it, you get to be a co-laborer in it. Instead of being on the, always on the other end of it, you actually get to be with you, you get to be with God, walking in it as a co, as with Him, working out, making choices in life, in the world, and and by faith, knowing what God says about you, and know, and knowing what God says about people, and knowing about what God's will in the world is, which is to seek and save that which is lost, because that's what Jesus is doing all the time in this age. That's what he came to do. It's his declared will to recover that which is lost, to take that which is dirty and to make it clean and new again and to give hope and to give life and to bestow dignity and honor and choices and freedom. The grace of God, we get a taste of it and it's good your heart gets established in grace because then you're free. You're free, and God wants you to be free. Jesus came for you to be free. Amen. Be free indeed. When you know the Son, you're free indeed. Amen. You're not in bondage to some code. You're walking in the love of God. And a spiritual life produces a moral life just plain by mistake. We don't have to work on it. When we love our brother, we're not going to do those things which would hurt them. And if we function in ignorance, then all we have to do is ask for wisdom and he gives it to us liberally about how to love our brother. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and once like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com We go through the whole psalm, but I'll stop at verse 8. I delight to do thy law. Oh my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. And this law that it's speaking about there is not the law of the Ten Commandments kind of law. This law that it's speaking of there is the commandments of Christ. Love. Love them. Believe in me. Ask in my name. Those kinds of things. Those things that are written there. Believe in the only begotten Son. Yeah. And we'll not be ashamed. And the world and our life becomes an adventure we walk in daily. And the people we think about that are disconnected. God gives us wisdom on how people can be reconnected. And we find ourselves walking a little outside of ourselves. The things that we do and are outside of our personality, our natural personality. We find ourselves saying things and doing things. Why? Because we've made ourselves available to receive from God. We said, God, would you use me? And God said, yeah, I'll use you. 
and then we say and do things and, and extend ourselves or things happen and we go, wow, that is, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Because we were available to God and God could speak through us and our heart is delighted in that. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time that we can talk about your scriptures and that we can open it up. Lord, thank you for these truths, this wonderful, wonderful plan that you have for our lives. Thank you. We wouldn't know that you think about us all the time. We wouldn't know it unless you told us. How would we know? But now we know and we are so blessed. We are so blessed that we would so be on your mind, that we would so be on your heart, that you would care so much for us, God. It is overwhelming to us. Thank you, God. Thank you. Bless the remainder of our time and all that comes next. And we ask these things and we pray these things in the matchless name of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't it we, we begin to have a spiritual self-image, right? And that spiritual self-image is... Um, because often, you know, I mean, you talk about nature versus nurture and this whole thing that was a big controversy and your genetics versus the environment that you're, you've been raised in. And everybody has experienced at very crucial points, periods of uh, their life and their childhood, varying degrees of acceptance, love, uh, told what you are, you're stupid. You know, if you heard that as a child, you know, no matter who you were, that gets in there. You know, these these words get in there, and there and there's a nat. Or you're told, hey, you're the better, best thing since sliced bread. So and so down the street, and such and such are a whole lot better than they are. So I expect a whole lot more of you, right? Whichever one it was, the whole self-image thing that's based in the natural. God wants to give us a new self-image that's based upon his thinking and his declarations. And, and, the, and that washing of the water of the word comes in and washes away that con- those constructs of that old self-image and gives you the self-image of how God thinks about you. And if when you have that self-image, you are untouchable by what people say. And you can have a joy unspeakable that no one can take away from you. Peace because that connection with God is more than an intellectual one. There's a spiritual linkage that happens because of the Spirit of God is connected to your now living human spirit, witnessing and resonating the truth of the Scriptures and telling you who you are. And that's going on not only on a conscious level, but on an unconscious, subconscious level. Every time we hear it and hear it in power, it sinks down deep into our person, into our soul. That part of us that we have no idea, that iceberg of who we are that's below the surface of our conscious mind, that we don't know what's in there. And it cleanses and and cleanses us in a deep way. And that's why the cleansing, <coughs> or we would call theologically sanctification process, is an ongoing that there's, a, there's, an ini- there's an initial positional sanctification at the moment of our sal- salvation, but then there's this ongoing work that God does until the moment where we're taken up, where we either go up, we either go up from the sky or we, or we dive up from the dirt and 
and go and, and see him in the air. And then that sanctification, we would say, theologically is ultimate sanctification. Our corruptible puts on incorruptible. And who God said that we are now becomes the reality of who we are in, in every way. And, and we find that all that he promised and all that he said about what, who we are, were and the relationship that we had with him is, mo- is so true. It's all true. You know, and so that self-image, and that self-image includes that that idea, those ideas of dignity, those ideas of purpose, those ideas of honor, of worth. Because it, you know, you talk to an anthropologist, and he'll say there are these fundamental human needs. Someone needs to know that the things that they do have meaning in life. You know, if you don't think that what you're doing in life has any meaning, like who are you? They need to know that they're listened to, that they're cared about, that what they think and what, that everybody needs that. And you know, God cares about what you think. That's the dignity. And you go, well, no, that is not, God doesn't care about what I think. Yes, he does care about what you think. It says the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When you talk out loud to God and say, God, I want you to do this, in the world, God says, you know, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me to do that. Thank you for asking me to do that. Because you know what? I'll, hey, angels, check it out. My, my son, my daughter down there says this. What do you think? You think I'm not going to answer that prayer? You, 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 and you. This, you do this, you do that, and I say this. And We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Yes, God hears you. God cares what you have to say. It's amazing. And it really comes because there's a mutual relationship that's established. And in that mutual relationship, there's care, there's dignity. That we find our worth when we realize what God has done and what God thinks about us. And really the place where that starts, the place where that relationship begins, is when we receive Christ as our Savior. If you've not done that before, I urge you, if you've sensed truth in this program and these messages, that you would pray this prayer with me. Lord, Come into my life. Hear my prayer now. I'm asking because of what your son has done for me 2,000 years ago. I heard about his death, but I didn't know that you cared about me. Today I'm receiving what he did on that cross. And I'm asking you to come into my life. And just like he was buried and rose from the grave... I'm praying that that same life would enter into me and that you would come into my life. You would cleanse me, make me yours. I want to go to heaven when I die, but it's because I want to have a relationship with you based on this love. I pray this prayer, believing that you're hearing me and asking in Jesus' name. Amen.